Reverend Sheila, if you would just come up just for a second. We don't want to displease all your fans. And uh, the fans are, are calling for you tonight. If you'd just come up for a second before you preach, just leave your Bible there. You ain't preaching yet, sister. Uh, put, turn our microphone on, please. All right. Oh, my phone. It's on. All right. Yes. Are you ready? Are you ready? Promise of life, I need to tell you something tonight. The Bible says in the book of Exodus, Ezekiel chapter 12 and verse 23 that the days are at hand for the fulfillment of every vision. And you need to pay attention to these words because the days are at hand for the fulfillment of every vision. Isn't God good? You see, you see, you see what I'm talking about. You see what I'm talking about? You can have a seat. Uh, I I didn't even have to, I didn't even pause, Reverend. There was no anointing, but I didn't even pause. Praise God. Because we're faking it. The Holy Ghost knows when we're faking it. And he ain't going to anoint nothing that's fake. But when I, uh, but when we stand there together in Brazil, my God. My God, what an anointing. And it is such a privilege that, uh, that, that she would take her time to honor me in that regard. And, uh, and Reverend Sheila, as she said this morning, she is very busy. She travels all over Brazil and all over the world, literally, and is ministering the gospel in, in a, constant, a constant pace. And so considering how busy you are, Reverend Sheila, I want to thank you for taking time to come to Pastor Keith and I's church. It is such a privilege and honor to have you in Canada. And uh, we hope that you, you said today when you preach, you felt like home. So I trust that you're feeling at home in our city and in our churches and that you'll come back. Amen. Are you excited for tonight and what God has in store for us? Would you stand and welcome the woman of God, Miss Sheila? We welcome you. We love you. Thank you for ministering to us. Amen. Be blessed. Yes, I won't sir. translate for you. You just go ahead. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you. What a great honor to be back. Amen. Amen. We had a wonderful, I had a wonderful time this morning Amen. in the Word. And uh, praise God for that. And uh, what an honor to have Pastor Keith, Minister Bev, and all my Word of Faith. Uh, I know they didn't come alone, so who came with them? Can you please stand? I think it's Marsha. Yes. Okay, great. So you, yes. Amen. We have some more in the back. Praise God. So thank you for coming out. Thank you so much. I'm very honored. When they said they would be here, I said, oh, you would come just to see me there. Oh, wow. Mm, amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Uh, how many know we are living in very decisive moments, yes. very decisive times, amen, uh, upon the earth? And um, I do believe we are living in a prophetic time. It has been prophesied by the uh, prophets of old what we are actually living right now. And we cannot live anyhow. We have to depend more and more on the Holy Spirit. Yes. So when Pastor Craig told me that this is a Holy Ghost meeting, I was very glad to hear that. Why? Because churches like you, uh, having a pastor that emphasizes the Holy Ghost as much as the Word, you may think it's normal, <laughs> and you may think, and you may take it for granted, but uh, we are lacking things like that in the body of Christ, you know? And I really appreciate your heart 
to just uh, uh, let in a service like that where the Holy Ghost can just, hi, you came. <laughs> oh, praise God, amen, good to see you. It's, uh, I'm sorry, I got interrupted. <laughs> So uh, when we have services like this and where the Holy Ghost can really move in our midst, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yes. And uh, we have to uh, aim to really uh, not depend on our own ability yes. and uh, not believe in this life during this time, who, which, are, which are dangerous times, yeah. you know? Uh, very dangerous and stressful times. That's what the Amplified says in Second Timothy chapter 3. And we have to really endeavor to not lean onto our own ability or our own understanding and not in the wisdom operating, not in the wisdom of men, not in the human wisdom, but operating in the spirit. Yeah. Amen. Now, do you remember in Acts chapter 17 when the apostle Paul, he was in Athens and he sees how much idolatry it was going on in Greece, right? Yeah. And uh, he comes to this place, uh, Areopagus, where all these philosophers would have a place, they would have a uh, 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 a time where people would come up and speak. Remember that? And Paul, he is in the synagogue, he's preaching, but he's also seeking a way to minister to people. So he goes up to this place called Aeropagus, and there he starts to preach the word. And he, he identifies with them regarding this altar that he saw in the city called you know, it's, it's for the unknown God. Yes. Remember that? Yes. And he's preaching out of that. And he's talking about all the philosophers that they had. Yes. And he's relating to them in a human yes. and in a, in a logical way that they could understand. Yes? Right. yes? And the Bible says that after that, uh, they, some of them mocked Paul. Sure. And the Bible also says that some said, you know, Paul, we will hear you about this another time. In other words, you preach good. You know, in other words, you have a good speech. You know, just come back. You know, anytime you're in, in Athens, just come and we're going to receive you again. And we don't have any reports in the Bible of great works going on in Athens. We don't see many reports of major salvation happening there. The Bible does say that some went after Paul. Some received the word from Paul, but it was not many. So that tells us that the human knowledge, the human understanding, the natural cannot produce results for God. Amen. So uh, then after Paul leaves Athens, he goes to Corinth. And that's where I want to pick up with you. First Corinthians chapter two, please. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one. First Corinthians chapter two, verse one. And I, brethren, 
When I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. I believe Paul had that experience where he tried to relate with the people in Athens in the natural realm so they could understand because they were all philosophers. And right after he leaves Athens, now he is in Corinth, and this is how he is coming to Corinth. He's saying, I'm not coming in excellency of speech. I'm not saying that this is, this is what Paul said, but it, it's clear to me that he's like, I'm making an effort here not to come with enticing words of man's wisdom. I'm not coming to you just, you know, relating to you in a natural standpoint, but I'm coming to you in excellency of speech. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not coming to you in excellence of speech or of wisdom. For I am determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now he's going to say why he did that. He made an effort to come to the Corinth after he leaves Athens, not uh, uh, determined not to do the same way that he did in Athens. And the reason is that your faith, verse 5, should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. So we, we must understand that the days we're living in, we, not just as ministers who preach the, the gospel from a pulpit, but the whole body of Christ, because we have the access to the Holy Ghost. He lives on the inside of us. Amen. We have access to the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. He lives on the inside of us. And we should not uh, be living our lives on a human standing point. On a natural way of living, on a human way, on a a human wisdom that cannot uh, produce results for God. Amen. Amen. Now they can produce results, but they are not godly results. Amen. Amen. And we want divine results. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So Paul, he was not depending on his human wisdom. And he did have some. Amen. He was very good at speech. You know, he had all the knowledge, the natural knowledge going on for him. But he said, I'm not depending on that. You see, and us, for us to be living a successful life as Christians, we cannot, you know, put our degree above the word of God. Come on now. We cannot be putting our knowledge or whatever course we have taken or whatever university we've been to. And I'm not knocking it down. I'm just saying that we are living in days that now we cannot lean to our own ability. You see, there are things that you cannot do on your own ability. 
Whatever God has called you to do has nothing to do with your own ability. In fact, whoever, whatever God calls you to do, it has nothing to do with your own ability. Most of the times you don't know how to do it. You have no idea how to do it. You don't have the money, the funds to do it. You don't have the personnel to do it. Glory to God. But he tells you and he gives you a word. And what is he, what is he expecting? That you lean not unto your own understanding, but lean in the Holy Ghost. Because the funds will come, the provision will come, the personnel will come. Hallelujah. Amen. The ability will come. Maybe he'll tell you to do something that is so beyond your thought, beyond your own ability. But listen, it's not done by, it's not by might. And it's not by force. Come on. It is by my spirit, saith the Lord. Amen. Now turn to 1 Corinthians 1. We are just very close there. Verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. It says this, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Now let's jump to verse 23 because of the time. He says, But we preach Christ crucified. Amen. Unto the Jews, a stumbling block. And unto the Greeks, foolishness. But God, uh, I'm sorry, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men's. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brethren. This is what Apostle Paul, you see your calling. He's kind of, you know, in the, in the Portuguese version, it's, it's more or less like this. Just take a look around. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> take a look around, brethren. How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, the things which are not to bring to naught things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. Aren't you glad that God did not look for some noble people to call? Aren't you glad that God didn't call, you know, some mighty, some wise men? Because none of us would be included in this. Starting with me. Amen. Hallelujah. So the calling of God, the ability of God, is it has nothing to do with our own ability. And God makes sure, he makes sure to call you for something that you by yourself cannot do it. Why? So that no flesh can glory. Amen. Amen. Nobody in your 
family would look at you and say, hmm, you're gonna be a good prophet one day. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be a, you're gonna make a good apostle. You're gonna just go around. No, most of us are trash. We were trash for our families. How many understand the, the I'm sorry to say like that, but you know, nobody would place any expectation on us. We didn't have any expectation about being good or being successful. Some of us, the, the most we could do is just to work, 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 and then finally go to heaven. You see, so God interrupted that cycle. Why? Because, you know, he wants to call us for higher things. Amen. Things that we cannot do it on our own selves, on our own ability, on our own wisdom. And there are some people that could, they could be even more qualified than you to do what you are doing right now. And I usually say that God has a good sense of humor. Because he could pick someone that had the right uh, IQ for that. They had the right ability for that. But then he picks you who has no idea of how things will turn out. Come on now. And you have to totally depend on God. The thing is, you know, there is a saying in Brazil, we say that uh, in Brazil, that you were, bo- you were born to be a success. Right. You know, you have to really struggle to be a failure oh. in Christ. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. The moment you get born again, now there is greatness on the inside of you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now the Holy Ghost is moving things in your heart, is is creating uh, an atmosphere where he can lead you to a place that normally or or naturally speaking, you could could never do that. But because of the Holy Ghost on on the inside of you, yes, you can do it. So a human knowledge and human wisdom cannot produce godly results or divine results. And this is the thing. People think that this is only for preachers, but right in your office, God wants you to tap into some wisdom that is not from uh, the earth. Amen. God wants you to to tap into some wisdom that is from above. Glory to God. Whatever capacity you serve or whatever capacity you you work, whatever segment of society that you are right now, there is a grace of God to navigate you through anything you go in life. Glory to God. Amen. So he did not call many who are wise. And I don't mean that God didn't call the wise. There are some, but very few. Amen. And our dependency is not on uh, what we can do, what we can say, what, how we can do it. It comes from the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, first, uh, second Corinthians chapter three, please. I'm going somewhere with this. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter 3, let's read verse 4. Glory to God. 
Second Corinthians chapter three, verse four, and such trust have we through Christ to Godward. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also have made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the latter, but of the Spirit. For the latter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Apostle Paul here, he's saying, hey, we have this confidence that, that, that we, we have this confidence that we have the sufficiency of God. And this confidence doesn't come from us. It comes from God. And he says, we are sufficient, of, uh, not of ourselves, obviously, but of God. And he says, he made us able ministers. And he's not talking here to preachers. He's talking to the body of Christ. We are all ministers of the Spirit. Amen. 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 And just like you get born again, just like you get filled with the Holy Ghost and everything in your life, it is by faith that you receive that. So by faith, you have to say, I am a minister of the Spirit. Yes. Not, just some, not, not just some minister, I am an able minister. Yes. When you study that out, you look, at, look, look this word here. In the Greek, it means competent. Yes. A competent yes. minister of the Spirit. A qualified minister of the Spirit. Hallelujah. In other words, we know the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, the world cannot know it. The world will not receive him. But you know the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if the Bible says that this uh, confidence that I have, that we must have, is not on ourselves, and this sufficiency doesn't come of ourselves as if we think anything of ourselves, but Paul says, God gave us this. And you have to take it by faith. Amen. Amen. We are competent ministers of the Spirit. Oh, but Sheila, I walk in an office. So what? You are a competent minister of the Spirit right where you work. If you work in a hospital, you are a competent, competent, qualified minister of the Spirit in the hospital. Why? Because God wants the Holy Spirit to touch other people. And He's going to do it through your life. Amen. So we need to learn how to depend on the Holy Ghost in every day, on on our everyday life, a day-to-day basis, and have the understanding. I'm not boasting on myself about it. I am accepting what God said about me. He said that I am a minister of the Spirit. He said that I'm competent. He said that I'm a qualified minister of the Spirit. He said that I know the things of the Spirit. By faith, I know the things of the Spirit. Can you say that? Say, by faith, I know the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Now, the move of the Spirit is not something that you can wrap up with your mind. 
or you can understand with your natural uh, reasoning. Amen. And some of us, this is one of the problems that we have. Because, you see, you're not going to understand God in your natural mind. You have to let that go and flow from your spiritual man. Because that's really who you are in Christ. Amen. So we, we have to accept the fact that God has called us. I, did call, I didn't call myself. You didn't call yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. We, we did not have on our own any qualification to be uh, ministers of the Spirit. But he made us qualified. He made us competent ministers of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So wherever I go, I am a minister of the Spirit. A competent one. And I remember Brother Hagan, he, he said, the Lord told him, if you don't teach this generation about the move of the Spirit, it's going to be lost. And I, I'm here to tell you, it's not going to stop in me. Amen. Amen. This is a, a vow that I made to God before, uh, 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 within my calling. The move of the Spirit is not going to stop in me. Amen. I'm going to, wherever I go, I'm going to talk about the move of the Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Why? Because you can have a whole generation not being taught about the move of the Spirit. Not being taught about the importance of the Spirit. And then what you have? You have ministers of the letter. And the Bible says the letter kills. The letter kills. But the spirit brings life. For too long we have, uh, you know, just tolerated or, or kept with dealt with that kind of, you know, don't speak in tongues because, you know, people may think you're crazy. Part of my testimony, I was uh, invited to leave church because I was speaking in tongues. But that is for another time. And people say, no, it's, you're going to spook the visitors. So don't pray in tongues. Don't flow because, you know, people will not understand. And I'm telling you, you know, people may not understand the whole move of the Spirit that is going on. But when they lay their hands on the pillow, they say, man, I, th- those people are crazy. They moved in such a different way. But guess what? I love that. There's something that is pulling me there. You see, the move of the Spirit is not going to expel uh, people from church, visitors from the church. Carnality will. Amen. Lack of love will expel people from the church. Hallelujah. But when, when you walk in the Spirit, when you move by the Spirit and in love, people will receive the Word of God. They will receive the revelation that they need, and they will keep on growing on that. So I truly appreciate, you know, churches like Pastor Craig's, Pastor Keith, that really opens for the move of the Holy Ghost. Because part of my assignment, as I have received from the Lord, is not to stop the move of God in me. I have to let it flow. Amen. 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 Glory to God. 
And I'm not saying I have it all. I mean, we are learning. Amen. We learn things. And I watch men of God, how they move in the spirit. I watch Pastor Nancy, how she does it. I watch Brother Hagan through the videos, how he does it. I watch Bishop Butler, my, my spiritual dad, how he does it. All these generals in the realm of the spirit. What am I looking? The way that they move. Because God has called me not to stop the move of God in me. I have to put that out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you understand that you are a minister of the spirit, you're going to, you know, just have adventures in life. Amen. Amen. You're going to have adventures in life. And it's going to be a good one. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Now let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, please. Hebrews chapter 2. Verse 1 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first begun to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him. Verse 4, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. You see, this word here, gifts of the Holy Ghost, for some time I thought that were, there were the nine gifts of the Spirit. But when you study that out, you're going to see this word gifts, it means demonstrations of various kinds. Yes. Amen. Yes. So when we move, when we are preaching the word, not just from a pulpit, Amen. but wherever you are, Sharing the word in the office, at ho- in the hospital, you know, on the bus, whatever. When you are moving in the word of God, regardless of the, the atmosphere that you are in, now you are moving by the spirit and God now can confirm his word with signs, wonders, Amen. Now, he does say that these uh, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit are according to his own will. Now, this word gifts here, it means um, distributions of various kinds. So as you are ministering, not from a human uh, standpoint, not from a natural standpoint, but as you live your life, in the spirit and by the spirit god is distributing all these graces favor things start to happen in the supernatural realm amen Amen. why because you're not moving by your own word you're not moving by yourself you are moving by the holy ghost and god is going to confirm with signs Wonders. Amen. God is going to show up. 
Hallelujah. So in a meeting like this, as I speak, the Holy Spirit is already distributing. Distributing graces, favor here, understanding there, wisdom over here. Amen. Hallelujah. Distributions of the various kinds. So you may be sitting in a service like this and probably just hearing the word and tomorrow suddenly. Amen. Some understanding or some insight, some revelation of what you have to do just comes. And you think, wow, what happened? You were in a service like this, and the Holy Spirit, he was distributing these gifts, these, these graces, these favors, these different uh, 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 capacities, supernatural ability to do things. I have been in services that I'm just sitting there, just receiving the word, and then suddenly... Hallelujah. Just because I was in the same environment. Just because I was pulling by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Suddenly I started to have some graces in my life that I didn't have before. Suddenly I started to have some favor in my life that I did not have before. And I know that I could not have that on my own. God used somebody. He used the vessel. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So right where you are, you can be receiving so much impartation. Amen. Not from a woman. Not from, you know, a Brazilian. But by the Holy Spirit. Amen. By God himself. While I'm preaching on something totally different. But you're getting revelation on something else. Have you ever experienced that? The preacher is preaching something that has nothing to do. And then light shines over that matter, over that subject, over whatever you're dealing with. And it has nothing to do with Some people come to me, you know, when you preach that, and I said, never preach that. (laughs) But for them, it was that. The Holy Spirit... You know, uh, uh, through the word, moving in the hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Reaching points in your life, areas in your life that no man can. Hallelujah. Only he can do that. Amen. Glory to God. Now in Acts chapter 1, let's go there. Glory to God. Acts chapter 1. And uh, I, I, I think I need the musicians up here. Please. If you can come and just uh, play something soft, soft for me. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1. It's here. Acts chapter 1. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let me read for you in the Amplified Version. Acts 1. Acts 1, 
verse 2. Until the day when he ascended, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had instructed and commanded the disciples, special messengers, whom he had chosen. To them also he showed himself alive after his passion, his suffering in the garden and on the cross, by a series of many convincing demonstrations unquestionable evidences and unfallible proofs appearing to them during 40 days and talking to them about the things of the kingdom of God. And while being in their company and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for, the, uh, for what the Father had promised, of which he said, ye have heard me speak amen so we see this account here where jesus after he's gone through his passion now he presents himself alive amen uh, i really like the wordings of the amplified version because it says that he he showed himself alive by a series of many convincing demonstrations unquestionable evidences and infallible proofs so the bible really takes the time to say that jesus appeared to them to them sorry by all these series of demonstrations so in my understanding of reading this verse jesus wants to wanted to make sure to the disciples and to whoever was going to read this later, that he was resurrected. Amen. By a series of many demonstrations, infallible proofs, unquestionable evidences. And when he rose from the dead, he told them, wait in Jerusalem for the promise. Don't go anywhere until you receive power from the on high. Now, a question. When did the disciples receive the Holy Ghost? In Acts chapter 2, right? Now, when they received the Holy Ghost, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2, Jesus had already been raised again, raised up, right? So... He had already shown himself with convincing demonstrations, unquestionable evidences, and infallible proofs. So God wanted to make sure that they knew that Jesus was risen from the dead. Right? Are you following? <clears throat> In other words, when Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and wait... Jesus, he, he spoke to them. The Bible says that he gave commandments. He gave instructions to the, to the apostles. How did he do that? Already operating in the resurrection power. Amen. So now, when the disciples in Acts 2, they are baptized in the Holy Ghost, was Jesus dead? Or he was alive alive amen 
So Jesus was already operating in the resurrection power. Okay? So when they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they received the baptism in the resurrection power. Amen. Look at this. When you and I, we speak in tongues, we are speaking in tongues from a perspective of the resurrection power. Because the Holy Ghost was given unto us because Jesus had died and he has risen. Amen. And he gave glory to God. He gave the Holy Ghost the promise of the Father. It was not when he was still dead. It was in the resurrection power. My goodness. So when I speak in tongues, I'm speaking in tongues that operate in the resurrection power. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Glory to God. Now here's the thing. You know, Ephesians 4 says that he gave some apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. Remember that? To the edifying of the body. Who gave? Jesus gave. When did he give? When he was dead? No. When he was operating in the power of the resurrection. So when God gave apostles, pastors, prophets, the, the fivefold ministry, God did not, Im- he didn't image in his mind a pastor suffering of, of depression, for instance. Amen. Nothing wrong if you're going through something. Amen. Don't, don't be condemned about it. But when Jesus himself gave these gifts... He gave them operating in the resurrection power. Because he was already resurrected. The the resurrection power was already in operation. Glory to God. Now he gave those gifts in the resurrection power. He gave the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the resurrection power. You see, now the devil wants to shut your mouth. He wants you to think that when you speak in tongues, nothing is happening. He wants you to think that it's not going up the ceiling. That you are, you know, trying to get somewhere. You're trying to move, you know, this heavy stuff along. And you're so weak and you cannot do it. But listen, you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Not when Jesus was dead. Now, do you, can you imagine how much power... He had to be displayed over Jesus because he carried the sin of the whole world and the whole humanity for all ages. Do you have any idea of the power that was displayed? Glory to God. Now the same power. Come on now. The same power. 
You see, the Holy Ghost that is on the inside of us is not a second class Holy Spirit. It's not a third class Holy Ghost. The same Spirit. Come on now. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the choir, from the dead, abides in you and quickens, quickens, quickens your mortal bodies. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We can move in the power of the resurrection. Glory to God. We can move in the power of the resurrection. Let me say that again. We can move in the power of the resurrection. Every time that the Holy Ghost moves on, the, on you, moves in you, is the power of the resurrection moving. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, tonight we're going to practice some things because Pastor gave me the liberty for it. And we're going to start praying in tongues. And I don't want you to stop praying tongues and imagine yourself just pulling just a heavy cart. Oh, it's so hard. Oh, it's so difficult. Hey, the same spirit. The same spirit. Amen. We can operate. You see, that's what the apostle Paul, he said, I want to know him. And the power of his resurrection. The apostle Paul knew that there was something else for us to tap into. Not knowing, only knowing God, which is awesome already. But he said, I want to know him and I want to know the power of his resurrection. And if you read the test, he says, I come to nothing. Everything I know is trash. Everything I know is nothing. I diminish myself. I don't know anything. All the knowledge that I have acquired, all the things, the natural things of this world that I have, hey, I'm considering it trash. Glory to God. What for? To apprehend. Come on, you cannot apprehend the power of the resurrection. You cannot apprehend the, the understanding or the knowledge of God. Full of itself. You have to empty yourself. <laughs> and speaking in tongues, by the whole, speaking in the Holy Ghost, it's emptying yourself and allowing the resurrection power. You see, when you're praying in tongues, the, the Bible says that your mind is unfruitful. Yes. Amen. But your spirit prays well. Yes. Amen. You are, you are being effective in the realm of the spirit. So now that we're going to pray, and I'm going to give you a moment for that, don't pray as if you, are, you have tongues on your back and you're just trying. No. Pray knowing I'm speaking tongues that carries the power of the resurrection. Because that's how God baptized you and I. In the power of the resurrection. So I don't care whatever problem you're going through, whatever impossibility that you're going through, what can he stand the power of the resurrection. 
In Brazil, we have a saying. We have, uh, we say this in Brazil. We say there is, uh, uh, you, you can fix anything. The only thing you cannot fix is death. That's how we say it there. And, and after you get born again, <laughs> that changes. We can fix anything, even death. Why? Because we move in the power of the resurrection. Glory to God. Are you ready to speak tongues? Tongues that bring things to life. Tongues that will restore things to life. Hallelujah.